It's time for Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industry's podcast. Industry Towers editorial staff leverages our extensive network of industry sources to provide thorough reporting, pinpoint trends, and arm you with the knowledge needed to thrive in your career. And here's your host, Inside Towers managing editor, Jim Fryer. Welcome to Tower Talk. This is produced by Inside Towers, our daily newsletter for the telecommunications tower industry. So hope you will enjoy this version of it. And we will be bringing you over the the coming year, not only interviews with people within the industry, but also talking with our editorial staff who will give us some insights into stories that have recently been done or happenings in the Beltway or at the FCC. In fact, we have Leslie Stimson, our Washington bureau chief, who will be joining us shortly. My name is Jim Fryer. I am the managing editor of Inside Towers. My background is I'm a print guy. I go back 30 plus years in the publishing business. So this is kind of a new medium for me. I hope you bear with us as we get our feet wet here. Those of you who don't know me, I started a company a long time ago. Old gray hairs out there might recall the Fryer's Site Guide which was uh, before computers. It was a directory of the tower industry in hard copy format, believe it or not. Uh, Six volumes covered the entire country and would have your bookshelves groaning under the weight if you had the full set of Friars site guides. We eventually evolved that into an electronic product with Friars Tower Source and then made it available as far as the database of the the tower industry uh, where carriers, vendors, whoever could use it to locate tower sites across the U.S. Uh, it's now in the good hands of people at Mosaic who uh, have turned it now. It's not called Friars Tower Source, of course, anymore. It's just called Tower Source. And they were just recently bought by Ookla. So I'm sure it's evolving way past anything I could have ever developed. So and it's nice to see if something you started to evolve in, in such a terrific way. So uh, that's who I am. And hopefully we'll be getting better at this as the interviewing and, and uh, providing you with insights throughout the, throughout the year. We're planning on doing this possibly every couple of weeks to get it going and then see where it goes from there. So thanks for checking us out. We will be with Leslie Stimson, our Washington Bureau Chief. Leslie, welcome. Thank you, Jim. I'm glad to be here. We're thrilled to have you, and, and hopefully the readers of Inside Towers are well aware of your coverage of the D.C. market, what's what's happening with the FCC. But uh, since this is our introductory podcast, why don't you tell us a little more about your background and what you're doing here? Sure. I spent almost 10 years doing radio news, reporting and anchoring, and then I pivoted to print. And I've been doing print news about 20 years, mostly trade press and mostly broadcast trade press. I came to Inside Towers a little over two years ago. And we are grateful for those two years because I think we've uh, shown that we have pretty solid coverage of what's going on with not just with the FCC, but in the political world in general down there, and that's due to your expertise and, and your proximity as well. You, in fact, you were just at WIA just the other day. Uh, tell us about that visit. Um, that was interesting. WIA moved recently. Um, they used to have headquarters in Alexandria, so now they've moved out to Arlington on Wilson Boulevard, and I did get a chance to see their new headquarters recently. 
I met their new communications person, Amy Gabrielle Bartolik. She came from the American Bakers Association. She had done marketing for them. And it's interesting, there's a lot of technology involved with baking at the commercial level, so I learned a lot there. She went to Georgetown, has a master's in language and communications, and a specialty in uh, political science. They have a new lobbyist also. The reason they are moved already is because they need more space. They're growing. They've added another lobbyist, Kate Forsey. She works for Matt Mandel. And I got a chance to speak with the head of the organization, Jonathan Edelstein, for a little bit. I've known Jonathan for a number of years. I used to cover him when he was an FCC commissioner. Back then we spoke mostly about radio issues, specifically digital radio in all of its forms, terrestrial and satellite. And it's been fun renewing that contact. So it was okay, good. I'll look forward to visiting them down there soon. There's a, there's a lot coming up in the near future down in D.C., so we're looking forward to getting into that. Uh, to kind of segue just slightly on that, Nate is going to be hosting a, a fly-in to D.C. It's, that's going to be an interesting concept to see how that, that works out for everybody. It will. I think the point there is they want to get some of their members involved in the lobbying effort. Their executive team, the people on their board, fly in periodically about every six months to lobby the FCC, people on the Hill, and also meet with different people at federal agencies like the Department of Labor and OSHA. They're, so they work with OSHA on safety issues, the Department of Labor on, well, some tower safety, but also training, especially since so many more tower workers are needed now for the broadcast repack, 5G, and everything they used to do before, regular maintenance and construction. Right, but the hot news has been the Sprint Timo talks on Capitol Hill, and you covered that the other day. Uh, tell us about that. The House Judiciary Committee was going over that. They, they had a hearing on that, and it was interesting because last month, House Commerce had the T-Mobile and Sprint executives in, and some of the same people were at yesterday's hearing. And it was interesting because Judiciary Committee members take a harder line on the antitrust aspects of the merger. And mm -hmm. I got the sense, well, I think everybody got the sense, that they're not in favor of it. The subcommittee chairman, David Cicilline, he's a Democrat from Rhode Island, I mean, he opened with a long opening statement about how the current economic conditions have hollowed out the middle class, he doesn't think mergers like this are going to help those things. Uh, Jerry Nadler, he's the chairman of the full committee. He said he hasn't made up his mind yet, but um, uh, he was bringing up some of the same economic conditions and how a merger like this could affect that. You know, what they say typically with this kind of a merger of two large companies, you're going to see higher prices for consumers, which would hurt low-income people, and they would lay off a lot of people. And both the executives of T-Mobile and Sprint, John Ledger and Marcel Claure, they were saying, no, actually prices would go down. And Ledger said many, many times, it's in my business plan that prices will go down. He mentioned they had pledged to the FCC. Uh, they wouldn't raise prices for three years. And so that raised the question, well, why put 
three years on it, why not forever? And Cicilline tried to nail Ledger down on that point, but Ledger, he stuck to his talking points and just kept saying, prices are going to go down and made the promise for three years. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we don't normally try to get involved as far as politics go, but does this seem to be breaking out along party lines? Yeah, to some extent, because um, after the long speeches in the beginning by the Democrats, Jim Sensenbrenner, Republican from Wisconsin, he got irritated because the very first questions that came up were about T-Mobile executives staying in the Trump Hotel. And couldn't they see how that looks, that they're trying to influence the deal? And Sensenbrenner said, the question should not be partisan. For a little bit after that, the Democrats stayed off that line of questioning, but it did it did pop back up later. Um, the Communication Workers of America lobbyist, Christopher Shelton, he has consistently said if they merge, about 30,000 jobs would go away. He, he said they don't have a clear view into what exactly goes on at those two companies because they have no agreements with the employees of both. And Ledger and Clowry said, you know, our employees could join a union if they wanted to, they just have never wanted to. And Shelton said, uh, no, that's not the case. <laughs> One time they actually blocked the formation of a union. I think he was talking about T-Mobile. And he, he said they actually formed a company union to block the CWA from coming in, a tactic that hasn't been done in America since the 1930s. So that was mm. pretty dramatic. Somebody looking into the old playbooks. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so so we're getting a lot of different uh, opinions on this. Were there anybody from the infrastructure side? No, there, there wasn't. It was economists and the executives from the companies, the CWA representative. There was a representative of the Rural Wireless Association, Carrie Bennett. She's the general counsel. Now, they have had an interesting experience they have roaming agreements with T-Mobile, but she said they're not reciprocal. So in other words, when a rural resident goes outside their area, in order to use their phone, they have to roam, and they roam on T-Mobile. But she said T-Mobile doesn't want its customers roaming in the rural area, so the, the agreements aren't reciprocal. Um, and T-Mobile's rates for roaming are like 20 times what they are for Sprint, which was interesting. And... One of the claims that T-Mobile and Sprint say is that combined they can develop a nationwide 5G network because combined they can use all the different kinds of spectrum they're going to need, low, mid-band, and high. And in fact, Clowry of Sprint said without the merger, his company is going to be in rough shape financially. They just don't have the cash flow. And Ledger said... Not only is the network going to be nationwide, but it's going to be in all areas, urban, suburban, and rural. Carrie Bennett said, well, you know, T-Mobile's had 20 years to come to rural America, and they haven't. So they don't, they don't really believe it, and the Rural Wireless Association opposes the merger. Interesting. Well, the write-up you did on that is in the March 13th edition of Inside Towers, so you can, uh, you can see it there. And uh, we have many more stories and tales to tell from D.C. and from the Beltway from from Leslie. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you next time. And good luck down there in the the wilds of D.C. (laughs) as far as uh, covering all that uh, that stuff going on. There's a lot happening, and uh, 
we're thrilled to have you on our side contributing uh, to the extent that you do. So thank you, Leslie, and we will talk to you next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. 